Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. What do the Rothschilds, the Romneys, and the billionaire hedge fund managers know that you don't about growing and protecting wealth? As you might imagine, the wealthy have a few tricks up their sleeves. One strategy allows you to grow wealth tax-free at a compounding rate with no volatility. It protects your money from creditors and lawsuits, and it lets you invest the same money in two different places at the same time. How about that for amplifying wealth? To learn more, go to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey, and I'm here today again with my on and off serial co-host, <laughs> Zed Williamson. Today, I'm actually doing this as a traveling podcast because I'm on vacation. By the way, I have gotten a couple of emails and I've gotten a couple of requests for discussions, you know, in live. So I am going to get back to you next week. I'm just kind of in a tricky place right now. You might be able to hear the waves in the background. I'm in Santa Barbara, California, actually Montecito in uh, on the Miramar Beach, and you might hear waves. So I apologize for that in advance. I tried to block them out. Welcome, Zed. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, I'm not listening to Waves, so I am slightly jealous of that, but I'm glad to hear that, that you are out enjoying that beautiful part of the country. You know, I love it here, and in fact, I was thinking you are a proud non-graduate of college. You did spend some time <laughs> uh, in the Santa Barbara area for studies. I did. I did. I, a couple of years there, and of course, at that young age, you, you kind of take it for granted, but um, it is a beautiful place. Now you're in, of course, hurricane country, <laughs> New Orleans. Yeah, big move to New Orleans. Yep, it's uh, why'd you move there? Definitely different. It was on a whim, actually. Uh, there was a job opportunity, and I always have had a uh, a globe in my room from when I was a young child. Just uh, kind of fascinated with geography and the world, and I put my thumb in California and my forefinger on New Orleans, and uh, said, "Hey, you know what? I've never been over there. Let's give that a shot." Nice. That is, and it worked uh, out. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes those kinds of things do work out. I mean, in fact, when I finished training, and I finished training in, uh, when I was in San Francisco, and that's where, of course, I met my wife. And after training, we decided to move to Chicago. And the Chicago thing really worked out well for us, at least from the standpoint of business. And now, you know, we're back here in California. Of course, my wife is from California, and we come to Santa Barbara literally every year. We come to Montecito, and we literally come to the same beach house every year. Every time we come here, we say, well, why don't we just move here? We just love it, right? Why don't we just get up and go? And so it made me think... 
You know, we really have to have a show because this is a really interesting topic. What's your dream and what keeps you from doing it? By the way, before we get into that, I'd like to point out something that's interesting, which is we've talked about Kiyosaki's quadrant and the different types of employees out there, the W-2 wage earners, even if you're a high-paid worker bee employee, you got a W-2, there's a self-employed person who's got owns a job, and then there's the business owner and then the investor. And it's interesting to think all of them view vacation, right? It's really interesting. It's very different. So a W-2 wage earner, you know, who's somebody who is trading their time for money all the time is essentially looking at it as time away from work and hopefully you're getting paid time off and you're excited about that. But I think what's ironic, and we've talked about before how the S column is not a terrible place to be. It's the self-employed thing where, you know, you own a business, but really what you do is you own a job because you can't go away for a very long time and still make money. Vacation is like the worst thing on earth. <laughs> Right? Because Right, it's not it's not relaxing. It's not relaxing because you own a job the job owns you rather. What you're doing is basically losing money. I mean, not only are you spending money to go on your vacation, but you're literally losing money because you are needed a lot of times for work to happen. So it's very, very difficult to take a vacation where you're self-employed. It's rather painful. And of course, now you get into the B and I quadrant, the business owner, the true business owner who looks at it as an asset. And that business owner should be able to let go completely and relax. And then the investor is the same way. I mean, certainly you might check how things are going, but there isn't a whole lot of stress. So Zed, where do you fall in here? I am uh, in the, the S quadrant moving towards business owners. So, you know, I can go over the past five years of my life and the idea of my family wanting to take a vacation five years ago was quite possibly the worst thought ever. And ever since then, it's got better and better and better. And this year, I've already taken about four weeks off. It was all beneficial time off. There was no, nothing bad happened while I was gone. What's interesting in this level is what you learn when you leave, because business has to continue. So you see what employees step up, what employees step back, what decisions were made and what decisions were not made, which... I think has made it easier to take time off each time. So every time I've taken time off, I come back and I, I have a small epiphany, which sometimes that results in letting people go. <laughs> and sometimes it results in, uh, in hiring more or changing course a little bit. So I'm, this year is the first year that I've, that I've actually enjoyed taking that time off because it was horrendous stress up until this year. I know what you mean. And we literally... My wife and I and I, you know, I have three little girls. We have come to the same beach house the same month, five years in a row. So I've got a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, and a 16-month-old. And so when we first came here, we only had one two-year-old. And ever since then, I've noticed a progression, too. So I am going more and more from that S quadrant to the B&I which is, of course, what we advocate here at Wealth Formula. That's a good news. The other thing about it is that I still find myself constantly, you know, sort of worried a little bit. 
Not that I necessarily have to be, as you know, that I've got some pretty good staff, but I'm still checking in. And I don't know, you know, maybe I'll never be able to completely let go. And I, I don't really care that much. I mean, it's just looking at some numbers, so on and so forth. But one thing I've noticed for sure, the businesses are a lot less dependent on me. In other words, there is still an opportunity for there to be money made when I'm not there. Not entirely. I don't claim to be there yet. In fact, you know, the whole goal, this whole goal of the wealth formula, which is to have that complete independence and have time, as much time as you want to do whatever you want. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting closer and that's good news. Absolutely. And that's what you look for the trend, you know, which are you plateaued? Are you falling away? Or are you moving towards? And as long as you're moving towards that goal, then you should also be getting the feedback needed to be able to accelerate towards it. I think that's why plateaus sometimes kill people's motivation because when you're in a mental plateau, you're not really bringing in feedback. You know, if you're in pain, you fix a problem. If you are realizing growth, you can make it go faster. When you're in this mental plateau, you don't get very much feedback to decide which direction to go. So I think that's good. Yeah, and the vacations are good for that reason too because what happens is, you know, as business owners, you and I, we're used to telling ourselves, well, you can't always be working in the business. You have to work on the business. You have to look at what's going on and try to improve things. But the same thing could be said for a person's life, right? Where are you and where would you like to be? And that takes us to the main point of the conversation, which is what is your dream and what keeps you from doing it? So what's your dream, Zed? You know, the big focus for me, um, I have two, so I'm married and I have two boys, uh, 12 and 8 years old. It actually an immediate dream is to get it where I can take more time off than what I've done this year. And I would like to take the family and stay, you know, four to six weeks in another country uh, every single year. I think that that would be a great opportunity for the boys to learn. You know, I think especially in, in the New Orleans area, I can't tell you how many adults that I've met that hadn't flown yet. And it, it boggles my mind. And, you know, what you can learn simply from, from travel is beneficial. And then beyond that, in the uh, less immediate is I want to wind things up and let them go. So the business that I run now, I see as a um, foundation. And the more I can walk away from it, and it continue to, to spit out uh, cash, and then be able to wind up other adventures would take less of my day-to-day uh, -day time, but be in a place where you could go find a type of business that someone isn't running the greatest. And so there's a big competitive you know, gap where you could slip right in and kick butt or uh, generate new things. That's really something I could see myself doing for the rest of, you know, until my last days. How about you? Well, I would start with this, is that I think when you talk about what's your dream, what it is, first and foremost, is location independence. And what I mean by that, I want to be able to live where I want to live, and I want to be able to do whatever I want to do from that location. I want to be able to run my businesses from somewhere else. I also have this desire to spend some time overseas with the kids and so on and so forth. But I also like the idea of potentially, you know, really looking at where we're at. I mean, do we really want to be in Chicago for the next, you know, however many years or not and actually make a rational decision now? Most people 
don't think about this. They don't think about, it seems very simple, but they don't think about the question, what's your dream? What would you really like to do in your life? They don't really think about that, right? Because you're so busy with your job, the kids going to school, you're just going through every day. It's just like Groundhog's Day, but it's not, you know, you don't even notice it going by, right? It just goes by and before you know it, your black hair turns gray like mine and you're not doing anything about it, right? But if you ask most people, are you living your dream? What is your real dream? Now, most of them actually don't, aren't there, but they're not really looking at where they want to be and trying to make a concerted effort to be there. I can't tell you how many professionals I know who've said, well, you know, I'm going to work and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll work for the next, you know, 20, 30 years doing this or that, whatever. And then, then we'll retire. And then when we retire, we'll retire and we'll go somewhere warm and we'll have a nice time. That's terrible. That's awful. <laughs> Are you serious? You're going to wait till you're, you know, in the twilight years and your golden years, you're 65, 70 years old. You spent 30 years, 40 years in one place building a community and having friends, you know, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you're 65, 70 years old and you can retire. And so now you're going to start living the way you want to live. Pathetic. I'm sorry. It's pathetic. Okay. If it happens to you because it happens to you, fine. But come on, get your head out of your nether regions because listen, we don't, as far as I know, as far as anybody really knows, maybe unless you're the Dalai Lama, you only have one life to live. And you're literally going to wait until the last chapter of your life to do what you want. Come on. Come on. So to tell you what my dream is, it's location independence. I want to be able to live where I want and do business where I want and have some sort of seamless process and I'm getting there. I am a lot closer than I was five years, four years, three years, two years, and one year away. In fact, I might just even be another one or two years away from that. And what's bringing me down is, you know, I have, I, I'm a split between S and B and I, and the S is bringing me down, but I am motivated more than ever to turn that S into a, a B and I. So this is, a, this is something, though, that I'm very passionate about because I think that there are too many people walking around talking about how they're going to one day move to the place that they want to, live the life they want to, and at that point they've got bad hips and bad knees. Well, I've already got a bad back. I'm only 42. But it drives me absolutely crazy. So I want everyone out there... To ask yourself, what's your dream? What keeps you from doing it? And I don't mean what keeps you from going on vacation because, listen, I couldn't go on vacation every single day. I'd be bored out of my mind. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't move to Hawaii and have nothing to do. Right. No, we can't do that. But what's your dream, meaning what do you want to do on a daily basis? What do you want it to look like? What do you want to wake up to? Where do you want to go to work? How much time do you want to spend with your kids? All these things are really, really important, and they need to be looked at the way a business needs to be looked at and nurtured. You have to look at yourself at where you're at right now and ask yourself a real question. Why am I not doing what I wish I were doing? 
I mean, it's well, it's so um, cliche, but and you hear it, you can go to a million uh, motivational concert type things. They'll always tell you, write down your goals. The simple thing is, if you write that dream down and you look at it and you pay attention and you think about it, you will start to head in that direction. And the the whole idea that uh, I don't know who said this quote, maybe it was the Dalai Lama on this one as well, but you know, imagine living your your life, live every single day as if it were simultaneously your last and that you would live another hundred years. And if you think about that, that is truly the most efficient use of the time that we have on this earth. Live every day as if it was your last and simultaneously that you would live another hundred years. So the idea behind that is if you only lived your day like it was your last, you may do some things that you wouldn't do if you knew you were going to be around, you know, the next week. So if you can bring those two together, it's interesting thought process. You know, I remember being a kid and I wish I remembered what the decision was about, but I asked my dad some advice if I should do something or not. And he said, well, let me ask you a question. If you knew for some reason that you were going to be dead next week, would you do it? And I said, absolutely. And he goes, why do you think you have that long? And so it was pretty interesting because I was young. I was probably 14 when he said that to me. And it was this boom, you know, epiphany, like, God, you know, that's, that is completely true. You don't know. So if you just wait around and like you said, you, well, I'm going to follow this herd And then at the end of the day, they'll open the gate and then I'll be able to frolic in the fields, although I'm all broken by then. You just can't guarantee it, but you can guarantee your own actions. You can say, today, I'm going to take one step closer to fill in the blank. And a lot of times it takes starting small, you know. Hey, if you want to, if your dream is to own a business that takes up the tallest skyscraper in New York, cool. Start working towards it. The better way to start is pick something smaller that you know you're going to achieve relatively quickly. And because our brains, you know, don't work very well with gaps. You know, it's kind of like a 500 pound person has a harder time losing 20 pounds than a 200 pound person, even though 20 pounds is a bigger percentage of the 200 pound person. It's just the gap is so big that our brains are demotivated by it. Yeah, actually, I think, you know, I can't remember the quote exactly, but what you're talking about is that there's a great Henry Ford quote about it, which is that nothing is really ever that hard if you break it into small pieces and do one thing at a time. And the purpose of this program for me and for Zed and for everybody out there to look at where you are in life right now and really figure out where am I and where do I really want to be? And do I really want to wait another 20 years, 30 years, even 40 years to do what I want to do? One of the things that I think about all the time and what you know my wife and I talk about is, okay, well, where do we want to be when we're 65, 70 years old? You know, I live in Chicago, so I live in a, in a fairly affluent suburb, and uh, literally half of my neighbors were, you know, in the 60, 70 plus range, they leave for about six or seven or eight months of the year. So their houses are completely empty and they go to Florida, right? Now, to me, it's like, well, why wouldn't you try to figure out what you want to do right now and make that happen right now 
instead of waiting until you're 65, 70 years old? I mean, do you really want to go from building a community, having all of these friends all around you, you know, building this infrastructure around you, and then when you're 65, 70 years old, go somewhere brand new and hope to try to create some kind of community? That's completely unnatural. It's completely unnatural. You know what? I want to figure out where I want to be. My wife wants to figure out where she wants to be, and we'll do it together. And we're going to make it happen relatively early so that when we're in our golden years, we don't have to think about uprooting ourselves and just leaving. Right. What's interesting is that I think that for most people, not most people, but for a lot of people, if you really sit down and write down where you are and where you want to be, there really is a definitive pathway of getting there. It's not rocket science, but it does take a little bit of courage to do it. It does take a little bit of courage because anything that's worth doing is not easy and it, it takes courage. The courage part is important because we live in our business world, we live in a world of accountability. So we we measure the outcome and then we have to act on it. That is a really uncomfortable thing for many people. And one of the tricks that I do to myself, and some people think I'm crazy, is when I think that I want to do something, I just start telling people that's what I'm going to do. And anybody I can come into contact with, if it makes sense in the conversation, I'm going to tell them. And the reason is, is it starts to have me take ownership of moving towards it. And I know that the next time I see that person, they're going to say, hey, so how was that uh, idea coming along? And, you know, that's my little motivation to go, hey, you know what? I've moved forward on this for this reason. And uh, the key about identifying that dream is you identify it and then also be okay with it. And also be okay that, you know what? It might shift a little bit. You know, you might, your location independence, I think, is a great, a great dream because that takes care of everything. And right now, you know, you're loving Montecito and maybe right now you're thinking, this is where I want to move. Well, the goal is location independence. If two years from now you say, you know what? We've actually more interested in North Dakota or whatever. Who cares? You know, it's the, you still achieve the, the end dream idea. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has to, the key again is to identify what it is. And it sounds so basic, but everybody, you know, they think about it, they really can identify it. But most people, especially high wage earning professionals like the people who listen to this program, unfortunately, we have a tendency to put our head uh, in the sand. We don't look down the road. We It's a very theoretical world. You know, we have to clock in and, you know, do our thing and, you know, finish the day and think about the next day and, you know, wait for the weekend. We just don't have time for it. We don't have time to think about our own lives, which is really problematic. Yeah. You had said something to me probably a year ago that was impactful and it was, uh, be careful of, I think, I'm trying to remember how you worded it, but it was like delayed benefit or something like that. A delayed I gratification, I think. Yeah, delayed yeah, delayed gratification. And that was interesting because that kind of made me do a couple things that started the path towards like, okay, what do I have to do to be able to to get out of this office for longer periods of time? Even if it wasn't a dream at that time, it kind of got things in gear and went, okay, there we go. So this is the direction I want to head. And also, you know, we're using the word dream. You have to define it and don't be so literal uh, because some people will say, well, a dream is something that you never move towards. There's there's people with that belief or, 
you know, the idea is we're speaking of an outcome, an experience that you move towards achieving. Um, there was, I forget the guy, but there was a quote, vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision just passes the time. So that's exactly what you're saying about a wage earner. Action without vision passes the time. Vision with action changes the world. And I think that's what we're talking about. It's that vision with action. So dream and action. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the people don't like the word dream. And, I, you know, that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where do you really want to see yourself? And really, it's all very, very possible. And I think what you're talking about, see, there's good and bad things about the um, delayed gratification thing. So, of course, most people who are really successful in the world are good at waiting for delayed gratification. They are they're people who, you know, rather than invest their money or rather than spending all their money on frivolous things, will go and invest in things that will make more money. That's delayed gratification. But you also have to remember that your time on Earth, for the most part, as far as I know, is finite. So you have to start thinking about what do you want in your life? I mean, I'm 42. I think, you know, you're 40, right, Zed? And Almost. Yeah, oh, you're not <laughs> even 40 yet? Oh, my no. Lord. Uh, well, welcome <laughs> to the club soon enough, I guess, but... You know, you have to start thinking at some point in your life that you can't keep delaying everything that you've ever talked about and everything that you've ever said you wanted in your life. You can't do it because you don't have enough time. You don't. Now is the time to do what you've been talking about for your whole life. And especially if, you know, late 30s, early 40s, it's a it's a reasonable time to pivot. It's not unreasonable to do that. I mean, if you're younger than that, hey, it's even better. But if you've got, you know, kids who are pretty young, whatever, you know, do what you have to do. They'll be just fine. They'll be just fine. I mean, you got to, you know, I think that one of the things that I think that people have problems with, and I understand it is, well, I want to live somewhere else, but I can't live there because I've got family in this area, so on and so forth. That's okay. I get that. But think about it. I mean, seriously, think about it. Your family, whoever is there, wanted to live there. I mean, do you want to, Do you have to live there? And, you know, are you doing it for you? Or are you doing it for them? I mean, again, you only have one life. Do what you want to do. Do what, what makes you happy and, and be courageous about it. Well, specifically about moving, every person that has made a significant move that I am close with, and that means, you know, my life is in this place and I'm going to move to another place in which my life is not there yet. It gives them the chance to hit this mental reset button. It's like this turbo boost to their success. That's what I've personally witnessed in any scenario like that. And it makes a lot of sense because if you spend your entire time in one area, things become just the same old because. And simply a change, it's pretty wild what it can create in people. And not saying that everybody needs to move to have success, but if the idea of living somewhere else, you know, sounds good, then why not take the steps to find out how you would do it? And I think that's also a great question to ask yourself is put yourself in the head too. So let's say you come up with your dream and your dream is, we'll just use moving because we've discussed it. Your dream is moving to Montecito, California. So don't walk around saying, I'd like to move to Montecito. Well, that'd be nice one day. Let's do that. That'd be fun. Change the internal conversation to, 
I must move to Montecito. How can it be done? And that's a totally different internal conversation that you have. You'll think of things differently. And it's a problem-solving conversation. Well, if I had to, I mean, the weather's so nice, I could just sleep on the beach. You know, so that's an okay thought because that's the idea. You're Now you're solving the problem. Okay, well, I don't really want to sleep on the beach, so what could I do? So it just... Force yourself, say, if I had to, how could it be done? Yeah, and again, it's all about asking the critical questions, and you can't go you know, in life without asking the critical questions. And, you know, we've talked about location and that sort of thing, but that's not the only thing there is out there. I mean, one of the things that in my life I've already done multiple times over is reinvent myself, right? So career-wise, are you in the career that you wanted? Are you disappointed with it? Are you looking to become an entrepreneur once and for all. And what keeps you from that? Is it the fear of failure? I mean, how do you even know you'd fail? I mean, maybe you don't have to quit your day job in order to give it a shot. I think that that's another critical piece that people have to look at is, you know, are you happy with what you do on a daily basis for quote unquote work? One of the things that I think that people often think about who are particularly in their, you know, mid to late 30s or 40s, etc., or especially you, you know, in their 50s, is that, well, it's too late to change now. I mean, it's too late. I've been guilty of that. I've thought about that. And, and I think it's wrong. If we put things in perspective, think about how long it really takes you to have a new identity or career. Now, again, I'm 42. And if I look back just to literally 10 years ago, I was 32, and I was still a resident. I was a junior resident. I wasn't even a senior resident. I barely knew how to operate. I certainly didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I certainly had no idea how to start a business, but that's my identity 10 years later. Let's look at a guy like Mark Zuckerberg, of course. No, not all of us, certainly not me or a guy with the, you know, the brain power and sophistication of Mark Zuckerberg or Sergey Brin, but Zuckerberg started Facebook when he was uh, literally like 18 or 19 years old. Now, he only had about seven or eight years truly of being a sentient human being, right? Right, And he created this thing. So what makes us think that when we're, you know, 30s or 40s, that literally in five to seven years, we cannot completely recreate ourselves? We can. We can. And if you're not along the right, right path now, it's it's not too late because it sometimes only takes five, six years, and all of a sudden you have a completely different identity or career. It doesn't take that long to learn most things. I have a very good friend who, in his mid-30s, decided to go back to school because he wanted to become an attorney. And now he owns his own practice and is a successful attorney, and he's late 40s, and he's been an attorney. And so think of you know, a lot of times people are in their 30s that go, oh, I am what I am. Holy moly, what kind of a change? I think he was a, uh, if I remember correctly, he sold, um, like he refilled vending machines. <laughs> so right. here he is, you know, or mid-30s, and he goes, you know what, this is lame. I'm going to be an attorney. And, oh, that's so, gosh, you can't do that. Duh, you're already 30. Well, you know what, it took him a few years, and he did it, and now he's successful. And how how much gratification do you think he had through that time. Huge. It's not only about where you live, but it's your identity. And do you have the identity that you want to have, that you've always wanted to have? 
And if not, what's keeping you from getting there? And it's a really, really important question. And it's a really something that you can change. And that's sort of the whole point of the conversation today. Um, Zed, if you had to do it all over again, do you think you would have done what you're doing now? What would you do differently? Interesting question. This is what I would have done differently. Knowing what I know now, I would have entered into business being leveraged with more capital. Because now, 2020 hindsight, I could have moved faster as opposed to starting the way I did. I'm not, I don't regret the way that I started, but going, getting into business, it would have been better if I had taken a loan and hit the ground running faster. But that's not a major regret. I mean, at the end of the day, not a major, if you're no. saying, if you're saying I'd still do what I wanted to do, or I'd oh, still I do what it. I wanted to yeah. do, then that's great. That's great. And then you, I mean, I wake up at 4.50, 4.50 in the morning, excited to come to the office. And cause you know, it's, it's fun because we're, we're creating and solving and seeing employees grow and I totally dig it. Yeah, I, I wake up at about 4.50 in the morning too, but it's mostly because my three-year-old and my 16-month-old <laughs> wake up around that time. But but uh, yeah, no, you know, for me too, it's like, you know, I, I don't really regret. I know I've thought about this many times and a lot of my physician friends say if they had the opportunity to, to do it again, they wouldn't do it. But I think I actually do love the body of knowledge that I acquired in medical school. I love what I do in terms of, in the medical stuff I do, but I also look at myself critically and say, you know, here are some things I really want to do, and I'm really, really trying to push myself to do them, and I struggle just like everybody else. There are days when you just think, well, gosh, I'm 42. Well, there's certainly some things you'll never be able to do. I mean, I'll never be able to be a professional football player. I mean, that's there's just no way I can do that anymore, right? Right. But there's a lot of things. I mean, you want to be a you know hedge fund manager. Well, I don't really want to be a hedge fund manager per se, but if I wanted to, I could do it. You know. So anyway, um, I think we've made our point here, but that I think it's really important for everyone to identify again what it is. You know, we call it your dream, but what what is it that you want to do with your life? What do you think about and say, well, gosh, that would be perfect if I lived there or I did this for a living. You know, all these things that we think about uh, in our ideal world. And if they're true, because a lot of times we lie to ourselves, right? What's keeping you from doing it? Understand that you only have one life and you only, you know, you can lose money, you can gain money, but, you know, once you lose time, it's gone forever, so what are you going to do to change your situation so you don't waste any more time in your life? Zed, do you have any uh, last thoughts on this topic? No, I think uh, I think we, we hit it, and I, I'd be interested. Well, maybe a nice little accountability piece is, um, you know, email in the thing you've been thinking about. You know, it'd be interesting for us to see, like, what are, what, are, what are some dreams you've been thinking about? Yeah, in fact, that's probably something that I should and start with, you know, some of my one-on-ones. As I mentioned, I'm a little behind on that because I'm on vacation. But, you know, when you do click on the invest with me, it's not really talking about necessarily just, you know, giving me your money or something. It's really about, you know, being part of my inner circle and understanding what your personal financial and personal goals are and, and trying to work together and leveraging some of what I know and to get you there. So, you know, part of what would be really interesting is I think for part of that conversation to be like, where are you now and where do you want to be? And really, how do you get there? I mean, it's so simple, but very few people do it. So please, like Zed said, 
when you click that button from now on, if you wouldn't mind, tell me where you are, where you want to be, and we'll have a conversation about it. Make sure you also subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it, your colleagues, if you're getting any value out of it at all. If you don't mind, give us a review on iTunes, because that certainly helps get the word out as well. More people start seeing it. So with that said, I would like to thank Zed Williamson, my friend and colleague, for being with us. And Zed, have a good evening, and I will sign off uh, from Santa Barbara to you in New Orleans, Louisiana, and have a good night. And everyone else, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder the stuff is so profitable and recession-resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Buck Joffrey here from Safety with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.